welcome to the Glass City Church podcast. Coming to you from the studios at Glass City Church. Sitting across the, the studios, really? The you studio. mean that you mean the target table that that has a couple hey, of uh, shh. I built this table. You did build this table. On rock and roll. Oh, okay. We were. I think we were listening to rock and roll when I built it. Okay. Yeah, I was listening to something. I know that for sure. Yeah, it was great. Great. It's a good table. I know. Yeah. I picked a good one. You did. Oh my gosh. You definitely did. Sorry, guys. Don't you love these intros? Jeff? No, they're they're painful. I mean, they're great. Yes. Okay. So, welcome to the Glass City Church podcast. My name is Jeff. This is Justin over here, and uh, we're we're here tonight. It's Monday night. Uh, what is it? The thirtieth, March thirtieth. Yeah. This will publish on April first, and um, we just found out that we will still be under the stay at home um, regulation uh, recommendation order, whatever you want to call it, uh, until the end of this month. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. Yeah. I'll just be on. I mean, you, you, you guys pay good money for this podcast, and so we'll just, we'll give you our Your hard-earned take. dollars. Your hard-earned, yeah. <laughs> and, uh. Every cent. It stinks, man. Like, yeah. like, let's be honest. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be under this order for another month. I can't do it. You can't, well, you can, and you no, will. No, I can't. You can't? <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to say goodbye to you? Is that, you're going to, you're going to just take off and, and, and what? You can't even go to Canada because you can't cross the border. I don't Dang think. it. Well, that's. All my options. Yep. Yeah, that was the only Mexico. I mean, you may be able to get into Mexico. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Nicer weather. No, man, it's it's been a it's been an interesting ride. Um, this I'm an intro or an extrovert, I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert and it drives me nuts to sure. stay inside. I have to be doing something, I have to be going somewhere. And so I get about sixteen hours in at home and I'm like, ah Yeah. That's literally the feeling that I get. Is true, uh, but we're not here to complain. You no, know, we're, but we are here to be honest. And so we are. We got this. This is a great time to to uh, work on some things. To maybe have some things. Um, you know, some some character things that we want to work on. Kind yeah. of like rise to the surface. Oh yeah, and and be able to identify them. Like I just I get really bored really easily. I, I always need to be. I'm not so much the extrovert. Probably that you are. Um, you know, we talked before about me being more of, a, of an ambivert, where I can I can turn on the extroversion, but I recharge like an introvert. So I like to be alone, but at the same time, I think um, it's just called being an extra or an introvert. No, because because uh, I don't I don't fear I, I I don't I don't fear is the wrong word dislike I well I I don't I don't um avoid or I don't, shy away yeah I, I I'm I'm okay being with people yeah. You know, I'm okay being in large groups. I'm okay being in small groups, but you know, it just, it drains me to the point where then I just want to be alone. And then I'm, you know, typically if I'm here at the church doing, whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's a Wednesday night, whether it's some sort of event we're doing, uh, and then I want to be alone. And the, the bummer of that is, uh, and my wife will tell you, like, I don't want to be around anyone. Mm-hmm. And so then she's given up time with me so I can serve the church. And then like, it's, well, now it's time for me to be with her and the, and, and, and the family. And I just don't have it in, in me. I need to recharge first. Yeah. And otherwise I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of like dis, just disengaged. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to fix that. Uh, I don't know that it's a hundred percent fixable. I think maybe some of it's just like, you know, that's why I'm wired. And so I gotta, I gotta, but I also have to be, uh, not selfish with that time. Yeah. And so, um, but this, this whole, this whole quarantine thing has been, um, you know, I didn't leave the house today until we went, we went and checked on my parents and took them some ice cream. Yeah. Uh, I was like four o'clock maybe. Mm-hmm. And that was just weird. So, yeah. I mean, for me, like there is a legit anxiousness, anxiety, from staying home, being alone in a, like a room 
for hours. And that's something that the Lord needs to needs to work on. Justin, my, you know that you're not alone, though, right? I know. Thank yeah. you, Jeff. Yeah, I, I know. appreciate that. I am. But, no, that's why there's they call like me a pastor, you know. Yeah. So. Um, there's this like I don't know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but there's like this. I don't say an like ache, but it's like a like an anxiousness that kind of arises. Uh, a yearning. A yearning. A longing. There you go. For you know for interaction with another person and people and um, I don't know and I think that's that's something that the Lord needs to work on yeah. in my heart in that so because this time I mean you know it, it is a gift in a lot of ways yeah it's it's a it's a it's a hindrance you know it it, it can feel like a hindrance it can feel like uh, inconvenient it can feel uncomfortable um, but really and truly it it's we we can choose how we view it and we need to view it as a gift. Uh, because it's 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 given us a lot of uh, you know like I said in my sermon yesterday, um, it, it's it's a lot of people complain. Like I was talking about how you know like uh, couples that I'm doing weddings for, um, if the wedding's scheduled for April or May or even June, they're trying to push them back now. Yeah, and the couples who would would say things like, "Man, if we just had six more months to get everything figured out, you know," and yeah, we just feel rushed. And and now all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, I hate the fact that we have to push our wedding back." And it's like, no one's ever happy. You know, we're always, we're always, we always want what we don't have. And uh, um, so even, even with, with the church, I mean, I was, I was meeting with one of our guys last night and uh, we were just talking about how, you know, we really miss the Sunday morning gathering and, uh, you know, we, we are definitely doing everything we can uh, to stay connected um, and, you know, keep preaching the word and keep worshiping together. Um, but, but church is going to feel, in my opinion, I, I suspect it's going to feel like like something we get to do instead of something we have to do when this all you know this all rolls out and we are able to get back together again, uh, because there are you know it's 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 just a, a fact that sometimes it, getting up on Sunday morning and, and going into church sometimes feels like a chore, um, for 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 some people and so yeah. um, I think that uh, I think once this is all lifted I think we're going to have a new appreciation at least for a, a period of time until we get you know fickle again. Uh, that, that, Hey, this is actually really, really great. And wow, we really missed this. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, I think we take, we take it for granted, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I appreciated your, your sermon in Nehemiah the other day. What, first of all, why, why Nehemiah? Why the book of Nehemiah? Why the book of Nehemiah? So part of, Part of this time for me has been like instead of just working in the church, it's kind of switched me to a, m- a mindset of working on the church, mm-hmm. and um, that's been a re- that's why I say this has been a, a gift. Uh, among other things, it's been a gift um, <clears throat> because I, th- I think that the more that I see our city panicking and realizing that everything they put their hope in is 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 not able to carry the weight of that hope, um, I've, I'm, I'm increasingly seeing our city as a broken city. Yeah. Um, not that it's any different than any other city in the in in the way that is broken, uh, because anytime the gospel is not is not you know just everywhere, uh, there's there's a there's a lack of, of hope and a lack of joy and a lack of um, you know really being in touch with the reality of all of our situation, which is broken apart from Christ. And yeah. so um, back in 2011, when we moved into the space that we're in now here uh, in South Toledo, um, that was the that was the book that I preached when we moved in here. And so I was just thinking back through all the things that, because I love I love looking at my old journals and looking at the way God's moved and the things that God's shown me. And I try to keep a you know try to try to be a good journaler uh, because we're all prone to forget. And so um, just thinking about that and uh, you know just really seeking the Lord you know on my knees asking Him what what do you want to tell our our church right now and and how are you going to use our church in our city uh, in this season. 
and and you know um i mean i if you i don't know if you fall into the the charismatic camp or the cessationist camp but i really felt the holy spirit you know just drawing that out of me of like hey you need to go back to you know some some of the things that we were really focused on um when we first moved here yeah and and one of those was being a church for the city and 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 you know being a church that being a um, a, a source uh, an outpost of of of, of god's glory uh, you know the the church is the is the pillar and the buttress of truth. Uh, it says in, in uh, Paul, one of Paul's letters to Timothy, and so um, just looking at uh, a biblical um, narrative of of you know a guy who knows the city's been broken for 141 years, uh, yep. and all of a sudden God changes his heart for that city, and and just the way that we we want that for ourselves. As we live here in in Toledo and the in the surrounding areas, because it's, this is nothing. It's not new information that the gospel is is largely absent from our from our uh, geographical context, but but maybe coming to a, a better understanding of it and an urgency and a you know just a, a real passion and desire uh, to bring the gospel to a place in a, specifically in this time when when uh, when health and finance and and government and everything else are failing. Yeah. And so that that was that was kind of the the impetus behind uh, going to Nehemiah one one through eleven uh, this week. Just it felt like the right thing at the right time mm-hmm. uh, for our church, and so I trusted that and went with it. And it, I mean, I I was very grateful for the insights that we that we got to kind of uncover again or remember, you know, for the for, you know for the second time. Because uh, this is now the second time I preached Nehemiah chapter one verses one through eleven here. Yeah, and it's been fun. It was fun looking through my old sermons too, because I was like, "Oh man, these people must really love Jesus," because they weren't coming for the good preaching. <laughs> like it was <laughs> not not that not that it's it's uh, you know not that it's perfect now, but but I, I do love seeing how God has has grown uh, just our church and grown the the just the way that we preach the word and all that here as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, what I appreciate about. Um, I thought this was interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize that uh, Nehemiah, from the time frame that he uh, got to the city, was 141 years. I didn't realize that it was that long. I thought it was, you know, a couple months, if that. Um, that he gets favored with the the king, which is also a crazy. Like I was just blown away by reading this story again um, and having my mind just reblown open. Um, to all the the different things, uh, I don't know. Does that it, it's it was an, an incredible uh, I don't know uh, not feat, but God really worked in uh, what is it, Artaxerxes' uh, heart, yeah, um, and gave him favor or gave Nehemiah favor uh, for his people, um, which was I don't know. I, I it, it brings back into perspective that God can do crazy things. Um, through prayer, um, you know, I think we, I don't know, for me, I get discouraged when things don't work out how I thought God was going to, God, I thought you were working this out this way and it didn't happen. Um, or at least didn't happen the way I thought God was doing it and then getting discouraged. Um, yeah, God got a, a non-believing King yeah. to write a blank check to go to a city that was about 800 miles away from, they were in Susa. And didn't he get a guard? Like, didn't he? He had, he had, yeah. I mean, I, we haven't even gotten into that yet. Oh, sorry, I'm spoiling. No, you're fine. I mean, he's, he sent because there were, I mean, there were, there were political um, 
and honestly spiritual forces uh, yeah. that were in opposition to what was going on. Absolutely. And and he had he had a, an armed escort all the way back to Jerusalem and even in Jerusalem and like it was just this guy had this guy had no skin in the game. This king had no skin in the game because he, he wasn't interested in 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 you know the God of Nehemiah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all yeah. that. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that God can can, can and does do those things uh, really puts a new perspective on you know because a lot of times we'll we'll know God wants to do something, but we'll we'll see our own limitations uh, instead of instead of His you know His His absolutely no limitations and yeah. and uh, so yeah, I mean that's why uh, the book of Nehemiah is just so incredible for that and it's such an obscure book like most people don't even you know don't even read nehemiah and think about it as deeply as as we should and think then, about it it's just a story you know it's just a thing it's like oh he re- rebuilt the wall yeah. like everyone i mean you lo- looking through i was looking for like sermon slides because like i don't i don't i'm not good at that and like i mean every sermon slide i saw for like a title slide for nehemiah was like rebuilding the wall the wall is is the wall is reestablished blah blah it's like not about the wall <laughs> Yeah, this is about God. This is about God's sovereign hand and and the way that there's an absolutely nothing that can stop what God wants to do. Yeah, that's what the book's about, man. Yeah, and I loved I loved the fact that you really hit home the the normalcy of Nehemiah his his own frailties, his own sin. Um, there was no like putting on airs; like he repented for his own sin as well. Oh yeah. Um, so he, you know he has the give me. I mean, giving the context of the situation. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't have it. I should have it up in front of me. I don't. Um, but he he's praying for the city in a, a very unique way, praying for the sins of his people. Um, well, he's confessing the sins for his people. Yeah, of his people. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, confessing. Sorry, um, confessing the sins of of the people, um, and praying for them in that regard, and. I'm looking at this from a perspective of, and obviously not trying to, you know, read myself into the scriptures. That's dangerous, but the Bible is um, all about you, yeah. brother. Just, you know, just replace your, your name with, yeah, yeah. no, we're not the hero of the story. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but looking at that and I, I, I have a job where I, I see very much and very upfront the sins of the city. Um, just with the line of work that I do, I can see very clearly um, the brokenness of the city. Um, and it really just brought into perspective, one, how little I pray for the city. Um, and two, uh, that I'm not the hero in any of this. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy to kind of have an arrogance about um sometimes outreach. I don't know if you've ever experienced that or seen that, um, where you, you know, you kind of feel like somebody has to listen to the same music that you like and, you know, wear the same clothes as you, they need to get there, you know, as they're, if I've shared the gospel with them, the true fact, the true, uh, evidence that they've been in, in, you know, have trusted Christ is the fact that they're, you know, they're not wearing skinny jeans anymore. They're wearing slacks, slacks. and they're reading their Bible uh, but it's got to be the King James version. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you're, talking, you're, talking about, you're talking about Jesus plus something. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's really dangerous. Um, yeah. because, because a lot of times if, if somebody does modify their behavior, they may, they may, you know, have an unbiblical view of, of what the gospel really is and, and, and maybe an unbiblical view of themselves and their need for Christ is like, well, if I can stop, you know, like 
I don't want to come up with a, with a silly analogy, but but you know if I can stop these things, um, if I can modify my, my behavior, first of all, it's not going to last uh, because we know apart from the Holy Spirit, our hearts aren't going to change, and that's what we really want. We want the Holy Spirit to change hearts with the gospel. And so, yeah, if you if you go into a situation with people who aren't like you, you know, um, people who live differently, people who who you know love differently, people who um, have different priorities, things like that. Um, and, and, and your goal is to do anything other than bring the light of the gospel. Um, if you're trying to modify their behavior, get them to, you know, switch to dockers instead of, uh, you know, whatever, um, Vans. listen to dis- different music or, you know, people who sin differently than we do. We're not, gonna, we're not trying to change the way they sin. We're trying to change the way that they, the way that they find their hope and their joy. And, and yeah. then those things, you know, We've had we've had people you know um, where I'll share the gospel with somebody who has habitual sin in their lives, and it's I'm not trying to get them to stop sinning. I'm not. That's not my goal. My goal is for them to love Jesus because when you love Jesus, uh, He sanctifies you through His Spirit. Yeah. You know those things. The fruit. Those is, things do work out. Whereas we yeah. we get really nervous because things are messy, and so mm-hmm. we want to make it less messy. And that's just that's just doing a disservice to the person. It's doing a disservice to the name of Christ, even because. If, if if we ever um, try to indicate that anything's more important or as important um, than than you know true belief and, and true repentance um, and and walking in a in a in a way of holiness um, you know with with God as the center of that uh, then then we're 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 actually doing more damage because we're yeah. trying to show that there's hope in something other than Christ and there's not mm. as you were talking. Um John, I don't know why, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Josh Harris came to mind. Um, the kiss dating goodbye. Oh, yeah, as he always does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he always comes to mind. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but like this, I mean, you were around when when this book came out. I wasn't, I don't think, when this book came out? Like, like 98, maybe? Yeah, 99? something like that. I was like three. Um, I was in college. Sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, there, there were, I mean, there were, I, I can think of three girls that I still know today that, I mean, we're Facebook friends, we don't like hang out, um, that, that we, you know, we'll, we'll share things back and forth about life, like everyone's married, everyone has kids, all that stuff, but I, I know, like, I, I, I remember specifically them discovering this book and it being this, like, revelation to them. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, I can picture the cover of the book sitting on my friend's coffee table. Um, the fedora. And they're just, yeah, and they're just like, oh my gosh, I finally 2003 found. 2003 is when it came out. No, it did not come out in 2003. That's what it says. I guarantee Maybe you it didn't like come out in 2003. Version. No, yeah, there were, the, the first edition did not come out in 03 because by 03 I was already working in ministry. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, and, and, and it was just, it was this revolutionary thing. And I think it was revolutionary. I just don't think it was the right kind of revolution. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong. And that's the thing that's so dangerous about it is it, it gets into legalism really, really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with putting sin 97. to death. January 1st, 1997. I was two. Boom. Um, actually, I was one and a half. Um, there's nothing wrong with putting sin to death. Like That's what we're supposed to do. Um, but if we're just <laughs> modifying our behavior, that's what the Pharisees did. Um, and we know the kind of language that was used against them, trying to clean the outside of the dish and not have the inside be clean as well. Yep, whitewash um, tombs. You know what I'm saying? Like, holiness is not just uh, doing the right thing. It's desiring uh, what God wants. You know what I'm saying? It's it's loving Jesus and having that inform how you live. Well, it's putting no hope in yourself. It's putting all your hope in Christ. Yeah. That's what, you I know? mean, that's, to boil it down to its basic, you know, lowest common denominator, 
it's yeah it's putting no hope in yourself because there's no hope to be found there it's putting yeah. all your hope in, it's the well that you go to to drink from is not yourself or your behavior or your accomplishments i mean paul was very clear about that yeah and and uh he said he considered it you know um what did he say you know, rubbish uh he considered it to be um just just completely bankrupt because it is bankrupt yeah and so anything that anything that we we do have in our lives that is that is positive you know in terms of of you know eternal eternal reality eternal life eternal hope um is only found in christ and and so yeah it just it it's it it, it blurs that line it it you know it makes it um it, 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 it's very, very unhelpful. And, um, I mean, a lot of us have had to deprogram from that, myself included. Yeah. Are you talking specifically, I guess, dating goodbye or are we no, talking I'm, specifics I'm just, or just, just in general? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, to go from, you know, finding, finding our hope and our, our joy in, in things in that our a, performance. A, apart from Christ, whether it's our performance or whether it's yeah. how things are going to turn out or, you know, uh, a person or a, or an idea or a possession or something like that. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, I guess dating goodbye was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was trying to make something that could be a good thing for some people. Um, especially when it comes to recalibrating your heart around purity and yeah, purity or, or, or find, you know, finding your hope in marriage, you know, finding your hope because there's yeah. no hope in marriage. Yeah. Like it's, you only have value and worth if you get married and, you know, have a bunch of kids and idols of comfort and idols yeah. of affirmation. Idols of family. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so as, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's all. No, your throat. Yeah, you're good. Um, but I, as I was kind of thinking about this, um, the, so not only do we have, um, that kind of arrogance of, um, thinking in very legalistic terms, like, Hey, you better not, you better not, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Um, you better not listen to that music. You better wear different shoes. You better get a different haircut. Like stop make doing this, start doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. Like Christian alternative stuff. I don't know if that was your, in your time frame of, you know, don't listen to Limp Biscuit. Listen to Thousand Foot Crush. That's a lead by the poet reference. But, oh boy. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. we have that, you know, mentality. Um, so that drawing us to, I don't know, putting on or even not even, I don't think getting there right away, but having that build up into kind of a brick wall of projecting the best self. Um, if that makes any sense, you know, once you, um, you start putting hope in other things, start Mm -hmm. putting hope in your performance, start putting hope in, um, your outward, uh, doings, um, having this like projected image of yourself, you know what I'm talking about? Sure. Yeah, I do. I do. Here's the thing though, because the other, the opposite extreme of that is, um, so if it's like, Hey, you should, you should look like me, act like me, blah, 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 in order to be acceptable to God. But there's the other thing where it's like, you know, um, where Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, Mm -hmm. because we want to be, we want to be exemplary. Yeah. And so, and that being exemplary is not the enemy of, you know, um, of, of pointing people to Jesus. Rather it's showing that Christ is enough. It's showing yeah. that Christ, you know, is, 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 we find our, our wholeness in him. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's when you, it's when you start expecting other people to do exactly as you do, um, you know, right off the bat, you know, a, as a yeah. means of evidence that they believe. Um, I don't, I don't think that that's, you know, so I, I mean, uh, there's, there's two extremes there. 
Um, where I think the happy middle is like, hey, I want to, I want to show through the way that I live, through the way that I talk, through the way that I, you know, decide what I'm going to allow entertainment wise or, or behavior wise. Like we, we, we want to be exemplary in that, but we do not come in with that as the hope. We come in with the gospel as the hope. And, and then our, the evidence of God's grace in our lives can be seen, you know, is, mm-hmm. is observable. Yeah. So we don't just come in and try to conform to the culture either. Yeah. You know, so it's, it goes back to, I keep coming back to this 2001 book, uh, journey towards relevance, Carrie Oberbrunner. He lives in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks Carrie for speaking at a conference I went to, uh, 20 years ago, but it's, <laughs> we want to be transformists. We don't want to be yeah. conformists, but we also don't want to be separatists where we're just like, well, if nobody does what we, if anyone who doesn't do things the way we do, they're they're We, we don't, we're not interested. Yeah, uh, we need to come in and make everyone like us. No, we we need to come in and and through our lives, the way that we live, but but more so through the way that we the way that we preach and and, and proclaim truth. Um, so it's 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 not a it's not an either or. It's a both and. Uh, but mm-hmm. the goal is never to get someone to start living differently. The goal is for somebody to start loving differently, loving Jesus instead of yeah. loving themselves or loving our culture. I think that's uh, that's probably the way to boil it down. It's not the goal is not to get them to live differently; it's to get them to love differently because then they do live differently. Versus if we just get them to live differently, but their hearts never change, they're still on their way to hell. They just happen to be a little more polite and a little more acceptable. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I feel like that was. Yeah, that was good. Jeff. That was nice. I'm gonna give you a high five in the air. Okay, yeah, six feet apart. Yep. Okay, six feet. That was. Well, and, the... and you look at the way that, that that Nehemiah went in. That's one of the one of the beauties of 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 you know us being directed to this text this past week, is he starts his prayer with adoring God, acknowledging who God is, acknowledging that He's the one who has the hope. Yeah. You know, he says, "O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who who keeps covenant." And steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. And so, like, it's God's the source of this. Hmm. And then he says, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, hearing the prayer of your servant that I pray now before you day and night. He calls himself a servant. He's not the Savior. He's the servant. And he's praying day and night. So his heart is 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 centered around seeing God work. Yeah. Um, it's, again, it's not the, his hope's not in himself. And, and, and he's not trying to tell other people that to put their hope in him. He His hope's in God. You know, his hope is... Uh, uh, for the people of Israel, um, and he's praying day and night because he cares so much about it. Again, like you said, this was 141 years after after the Babylonian invasion, and all of a sudden Nehemiah's heart changes because the Holy Spirit comes in and and changes his heart for this city, and and now he actually, you know, gives a a hoot. That's a, gives a hoot. Gives a hoot. That's the most PC way I can say it. Um, and then he and then he confesses his own sin. You know, he says, "Me and my household." My father's household, we have not been playing our part well. Yeah. He's not saying, Oh, look at look at how Jerusalem's just all jacked up. You know, look at how the Babylon oh the Babylonians are bad and, and the, the, the remnant in in Jerusalem, they're bad too because they haven't figured out how to get things right. And yeah. oh look at all these it's blame shifting. Yeah, he's just he's he's not sitting there complaining yeah. and, and belly aching to God. He's saying, I have lived my entire life completely apathetic to the plight of the people in the city mm. and the fact that there is no worship of God. And, and so he's, he's, uh, he's, he's confessing their sins, but he's just along alongside them. So seeing himself as equally, as equally broken apart from Christ, you know, equally broken. I mean, and we know Christ hadn't, hadn't come to the earth yet. This was about 445 years before Jesus came, but we know that Jesus has been here all along. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's, 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 he's entreating, 
uh, God to, to, to come and, and change things, um, to, to restore the worship of God to uh, Jerusalem, you know the city is the peace of God is 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 the name of of the city of Jerusalem. Yeah, um, I love that. You know, he's he wants he wants God's name to be made great, not his own. He's not coming in trying to with all the answers. He's asking God for the answers. He's asking God for direction and for favor, and for grace uh, and mercy and, and all of this. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. The the first eleven verses of this book are, I mean, gold. Absolute gold, because there isn't a, a single person here who lives in a city that doesn't need um, revival. Hmm. Not a single person. And, and 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 looking at Nehemiah, who has such a passion, 800 miles away from the city he's praying for, you know, uh, 141 years after it's been laid, you know, laid to waste and all that, and 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 yet God God revives Nehemiah's heart for revival in Jerusalem. That's amazing. Yeah. So something that I've, I've been seeing this a lot in, you know, recent times with all this COVID stuff, um, which is, I mean, it's a very serious thing. Um, COVID-19 is a very, you know, I don't, it, it's, it's serious. Um, we need to take it seriously. We need to wash our hands. We need to practice social distancing, all that stuff. Um, but what I, I don't know, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of Christians telling us to, you know, wash our hands, keep away from people, you know, stay home. Um, well, there's the guy in Florida who, who held services yes, uh, yesterday who got arrested. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? I did. Which, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I don't think it, it's, it's wise to, to ask hundreds of people to gather in a, in a small confined space right now. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. And he did it. He's like, oh, this is the blah, blah, blah. I mean, he just had a very different uh, opinion uh, than I do. Yeah. Um, and my opinion has been evolving through all this anyways, because yeah. there was a point where I was like, dude, the church needs to be the place where the people who need the hope can go. Yeah. And so how could we not be open? And then it's like, well, who doesn't have an internet connection these days? Who doesn't have a yeah. smartphone these days? You know, we can't, I mean, Obama was handing them out like they're candy, you know, back during his administration. Everyone's <laughs> got one. Yeah. Uh, and if not, everyone knows someone who does. And, and so, or, or someone has a, an internet connection, they can go to YouTube. Yeah. And so we, we've, I'm, and, and I'll, I'll, you know, just, just, you know, I've worked really, really hard to make sure that we can keep, you know, preaching and, and, and sharing hope, uh, even in a time where it doesn't make sense for everyone to get together and, and, yeah. and continue, you know, kind of like, uh, allowing this, this problem, this virus to, to continue making its way through our population, especially to the people who are most, uh, vulnerable to it. And so there's, there's a wise way to be faithful. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, but, but you were saying, you know, you've heard a lot of, a lot of Christians and I mean, I've even seen on, on social media today, people saying this guy's an idiot. What yeah. was he doing? And it's like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think it was the wisest choice. And apparently, yeah. he, he had a he got arrested, he got booked, and then he got released on a five hundred dollar bond, which means his bail was what five thousand because it's like ten percent. It depends. You would know that. Though. It depends on the judge. Yeah, but you know, you know the legal system. It, it depends. You're the legal legal around here, buddy. It depends on okay. the judge. Well, anyway. Or the the statute. I don't know what what they would even. What would what was the charge? What's this have to do with statues? I mean, it's just I know, like, right. Yeah. I don't know. It does, it's not even really the the point I'm trying to make. Oh, what's the it point, was, Jeff? But but yeah. So Christians, you know, it's good that we that we want to be wise and helpful and considerate. And it's not distrusting God. I think no. that's another thing that people think. Well, if we don't gather, we're not trusting God because God's in control and God's sovereign. So, but at the same time, like 
there's there's a there's a tactfulness of what if someone that you're you know listens to comes to service who's questioning um faith and you know god's working in their heart and they're not yet a believer and they end up getting and contracting well, the virus yeah. and, and you know what i'm saying we like can what if the heck out of it yeah you know what i'm saying god i'm just also saying gave that us a brain, you know yeah that's he, what i'm saying yeah he's sovereign but he also gave us a brain yeah that's he what sovereignly I'm gave us a brain yeah sovereignly. yeah i like it yeah you know what I'm saying? So that so there's there's wisdom in you know in in not causing potential due harm right. um, in those in that regard. And so what I'm seeing on, a lot in social media is not only you know people criticizing each other, um, you know whether or not it's wise to meet, um, but more so I I see an emphasis on the virus, um, yeah. and you know just the virus. You no, know, not the repercussions of it, not what happens after you get it, not what happens if, you know, God forbid that you end up uh, contracting it and passing away from it. Um, but the, you know, this is what you should do for quarantine. This is the movies you should watch. And then this is the, this, and then you can, uh, this is the activities you can do with your kids. And then this is all you can do to stay fit. Um, and we, so we're seeing a lot of these things which are helpful and they're good. I don't, I don't want to discredit them. Right. Um, but I'm not seeing a ton of leveraging the gospel in these conversations or asking the hard questions. Maybe Facebook or Instagram, maybe social media is not the place to do it, so to speak. Maybe it well, is, maybe it, it's not. I, I don't think it's not the place. Um, I think it's one of the places. I think, yeah, and I agree with you. I think it's one of the pla- I don't think it's the only place that you can, you know, step into that space. But um, I'm not seeing that so much on social media. Um, I don't, I don't I, I, has that been your experience as well? I mean, I tr- I've, I've been trying my best to, to distance, socially distance myself from the social media. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think, I think that, um, well, I guess back in, back on March 15th. So that, that was uh, two Sundays f- ago from this past Sunday. Um, so yeah, a little over two weeks ago, uh, a pastor I, I know down in Columbus, you know, he was, he was addressing the fact that like they decided to meet, we actually met that day too. Yeah. Um, and he, he said that, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, been really kind of discouraged at seeing, you know, people who say, well, I can't believe churches would meet today. They need to love their neighbor better, love their vulnerable neighbor. And he see, I'm just going to read you what he said. He said, those who would tout themselves as being loving their, their vulnerable neighbor by staying in quarantine. What interests me is that many of these churches and pastors have often been silent about the vulnerable up until now which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, their congregations do not repre- represent the vulnerable nor have the right to speak for them. This public display of kindness will be their ex- the extent of their kindness towards the vulnerable. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I thought was really, uh, I mean, pretty pretty spot on in my opinion. Uh, they've already trained to practice, they're already pr- trained to practice social distancing from the vulnerable <laughs> because they don't ever actually, you know, give, give a hoot about the vulnerable. Oh, wow. So he said, if this is your church, your best practice were to be quiet. The vulnerable have been here before COVID-19 and they will be here long after. If this is your missional jumpstart, we should be hearing more about your open repentance than your condescending remarks. I've tried to be charitable to all sides, but this ego measuring contest is revealing more insecurity than grace trust in the Lord with your measure of faith and fall back from the things you don't understand. I mean, I was like blown away by it. I was like, man, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, yeah, we can talk all, all day long about how to, how to be loving through the way that we, you know, uh, wash our hands and, and don't gather and all that stuff. But like, is that, is this, is this our wake up call to the fact that like, if that's the way, the extent to which we've been loving to the vulnerable, man, we're really blowing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. 
Definitely. Yeah. So what do we do? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, like I was talking about for Christians and, and again, I'm all about being wise and being loving and, 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 and not putting people in harm's way. Um, the problem is we've, with our whole lives, we've been living around people who need, who need something much more eternally, um, significant, uh, than just a, a, a cure for a, a, a disease, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so if we're willing to rearrange our lives to stop somebody from catching COVID-19, but we're not willing to rearrange our lives to live in a way and to, and to outreach in a way that lets people know about what the hope we have in Christ, um, man, we're really, we're really choosing the wrong battle. Yeah. You know, not that we have to, not that it's either or. I mean, I think it's both ends. Like, yeah, make sure you're taking care of people and helping them through this time. Um, but the reality is there's something much, much more uh much, much more concerning, and that is the the sin in our lives that, that that separates us from God, and the lack of Christians sharing the hope that the the, the cure for that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the 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 gospel message. Uh, I don't I, I don't care who you are, or what kind of an epidemiologist you are. Um, sin is worse than COVID nineteen. Yeah, because sin, you know, sin sin can destroy us. For eternity, COVID nineteen can only destroy two percent of the population for a, a you know very brief uh, portion of, of our time uh, in the midst of eternity. Yeah, and so if we're willing to stay home, if we're willing to wash our hands more, if we're willing to do all these things to try and you know help our neighbor in a time when there's a disease that kills uh, roughly two percent of the population that gets it. Why aren't we willing to rearrange our lives and inconvenience ourselves for something that has an eternal, uh, you know, there's there's an eternal aspect to it. Yeah. Um, it's also a, a here and now aspect. Like I said, you know, the gospel brings hope now. It brings healing now. It brings rest, you know, it restores marriages now. It restores yeah. relationships now. So it's not like it's just like, oh, well, at some point when you die or when Jesus comes back, that's when it's going to matter. No, it matters now. Yeah. And so it's kind of like fire. I think we can twist that and be like, oh, it's, you know, it's for later. Yeah. I'm going to put this in my pocket. No, yeah. Eternal, eternal life begins at the moment that you come to know Christ. Yeah. And everything changes and it changes, you know, one thing at a time. It's not like it's, you know, we, we're, we're a work in progress at all times. But yeah, for the church, if we, if we, if we really, if we claim to care about the city during COVID 19, but we haven't cared about the city up until now. We better start caring about the city from now on. Yeah, in a way that that it goes way beyond some infectious disease. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And so, you talked about um, you you actually called us as a church to to fast and pray um, for these next two weeks. And this is at the end of your sermon. Um, refresh us. Uh, so, the spiritual discipline of fasting. Why is that important? And, and, uh, and, and I really, I really do want people, and I said this yesterday, um, I really do want people to do their own, their own research on this because I want them to come to a conclusion themselves instead of just, well, Pastor Jeff said it, yeah. but, but the, the basic premise behind fasting, um, is bringing ourselves physically under, you know, humbling ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about you, but if I go more than about 15 minutes without a Kit Kat, it's, you know, I'm starting to feel, I'm starting to feel panicky. Um, but what's what's a beautiful the beautiful thing about fasting is is that it it really it, it clarifies our position before God because um, we see how weak we are we see how humble we are uh, before Him and so um, for me 
and I've, I've done, I've had, you know, different seasons of fasting in my life. Um, one, one that was major was when I was trying to decide, uh, to marry my wife. You know, I mean, there was, I, I fasted for three weeks and it was, I mean, people were starting to work. Like, I didn't tell anyone, but like, I, I remember what the college ministry I was working for, I showed up on a, uh, at a worship time and someone was like, dude, you okay? Like, cause I mean, it was towards the end and like, I mean, I was, I was starting to, I was, and I was a big, big guy at that point. And so, um, I mean, I'd lost a lot of weight during those three weeks because, um, that's just what happens. And, and um, but it, it really, every time that I felt the, the pang of hunger, um, I just remembered that my source for fulfillment is the Lord. So it was a, it was a physical reminder. It was mm-hmm. a, it was almost like, you know, it was before, you know, putting a reminder on your phone, you know, yeah. I, I put reminders on my phone, depending on my GPS location, who to pray for, what to pray for, when to pray, all that. Um, this was a, a, an undeniable physical reminder. So even the function of it is, is very helpful. Uh, but really what it is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's looking at, uh, the Lord as our source for everything. You know, it, it's, you can't, you can't ignore it. Yeah. You know, a lot of times we're, we're fat and happy most of the time until, you know, something, you know, the, the, the fertilizer hits the fan and we're just like, Oh, okay. Now I need God. Like, no, this is a daily, this is an hourly thing where you're like, Oh, Oh man, I feel weak. Oh wait, I am weak. Yeah. Oh wait, I need God, yeah. you know? And so, and so it kind of relieves us of our dissolute or our, our, our um, uh, delusion uh, of, of being self-sufficient. And mm-hmm. so I think for me, that's, that's really one of the functions uh, that it plays. But it also, like for me, it, it's, it's a, um, if I'm begging God to do something, but I'm not willing to put some skin in the game, like why would I expect him to do anything? You know, I think, I'm, I don't think that that's, that's what he predicates his, his decision on what to do on. But I know for me, my heart, it changes my heart because it's like, man, if I care enough about this, that I'm going to give something so, so basic and so needed up uh, for, for a, you know, for a period of time. Uh, just, just to show, just to, you know, like, um, kind of strengthen my own resolve for it. Uh, that's a, cause I love, dude, I love food. <laughs> Food's great. You know, food's amazing. I, I, I absolutely love food. And, and if I'm willing to give that up so that it will remind me to pray more, well, it will remind me to lean on him more and it'll, it'll, it'll relieve me of any delusion of my own self-sufficiency. Uh, how can that be? How can that be a bad thing? Yeah. You know, I've, I've never regretted fasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always been, you know, before we planted the church, same thing. There was a period, there was a season of fasting where, where I was asking God to do some things that needed to, you know, needed to happen in order for us to do this that I couldn't do on my own. And uh, there's also a mystery to it. There's a, you know, I can't quantify every single, every single aspect of it because I yeah. think that, you know, there is there is something mystical about about us fasting and God God changing us, but also you know, working in our, you know, in our, whatever we're, we're, we're fasting for. Um, yeah. I don't know that you can, you know, put that into an equation and, and, and quite quantify it. Yeah. You, you can't make you, you can't, you know, come up with every single aspect of it, but I do know that the Bible sees it as a very healthy and very good and very helpful spiritual discipline. Yeah. And so I, I guess just to, as we were talking about fasting, I know you've, you've asked us and called us to, um, the fast on was it Tuesday? Um, yep, Tuesdays. So Tuesdays for the next two weeks. Um, well, I said I said for, you know uh, one day each week you know between now and Easter, which yeah. I'm gonna I'm actually gonna modify that to the end of April. Okay. Uh, since since we're not gonna be able to gather uh, until until at least the end of April, but yeah, I was like I'm gonna be doing it on Tuesdays because I know that you know on Wednesdays I don't want to be. Uh, there's certain things and like and I have some blood sugar issues because I used to just trash my body for 35 years. 
where where there's there's some things that you know I, I it, it's not wise for me to fast during times uh, where certain things are going on. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't do it. it. Just means that I'm smart about it. Yeah. And so for me, it's Tuesdays. Yeah. Maybe for other people, because I, I've gotten some emails where they're like, I can't really do Tuesdays because there's these things that are going on that like. I'm just not really, uh, you know, but I, I feel like this would be a better day for me to fast. And like, yeah, I, praise God, you know, now everyone's fasting at least one day more than they were. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I guess drilling down a little bit more into the idea of fasting. Um, so we're talking about all food. Um, I think this is just really practical. Um, oh, there's yeah, different yeah, yeah. types of fasting. You there's, there's <laughs> I know a guy who didn't do any food or water. Like nothing, oh. absolutely nothing for like, I think it was like two days and yeah. I'm like, shoot, man. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be wise about it. Yeah. You know, for me, it's going to be no, no solid foods at all. I'll probably do some, I mean, it'll be a lot of water. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I, if I do get to a place where my blood sugar is just tanking, maybe a little bit of fruit juice, but I'm not, I'm not rocking the five guys burgers and not, no, nothing solid. And, and only, only in the case of, if I feel like I'm going to faint. I might have a little cranberry juice. Yeah. Which I don't really like cranberry juice. So I'm doing it's delicious. I mean, even that I'm doing more for just yeah, I need a little bit of a blood sugar boost and that and yeah. that'll be okay. Um so yeah, uh that that's the kind of I mean, yeah, you can fast from Netflix. You can fast from you know, I I I I I fasted from the gym for a few weeks now. Uh <laughs> Cause you can't go, yeah. uh, but, but, uh, no. So yeah, for this, and this is, this is something, um, that's even, I mean, cause I was getting it from, from Nehemiah chapter one where he was fasting and praying, you mm-hmm. know, all, you know, for months. Um, and I don't know that it was like every day he was, you know, just, he didn't, didn't eat for months or something like that. But I do know that, you know, that, that, that's the kind of fasting we're talking about. And so that's the kind of fasting I'm calling us to, uh, not because this is prescriptive at all, but I, it, but more it's, it's, it's a descriptive, um, you know, understanding of somebody whose heart is broken for a city that they want to bring revival to. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's the best I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so w- would you, would you agree that it's, it, you know, it's taking into the, the full scope of your situation. Um, I know some people have to eat oh, some sure. from medical, you know, um, but taking that time to uh, limit uh, basic that basic necessity um, to center your heart around the Lord isn't yeah because it's easy to get real legalistic with this too um, you know you can only do this you can only yeah, do that the, the varsity Christian does this yeah and, uh, you know what I'm saying you know, I don't want to have this you know, does that make sense like it, not it does this. but that's why it's only a day because yeah. because like I I I think it I. If, if if there's if there's somebody out there who absolutely it would be it would be medically unwise for them to go without food for a day, then go without food until sundown. Or yeah. you know what I mean, like like do it in a window. Yeah, right. Um, but Not again, like, like it, the the heart behind it's the whole point. Because at the end of the day, too, we will we will find a way to to be the exception to something if we if we can. Yeah, and so it's the heart behind it. It's mm-hmm. like you know, and give it a try. You know, if you're brand new to fasting, you know, maybe fast from breakfast and lunch and then maybe have dinner yeah. or, you know, whatever. But but the, the goal is is the heart posture of all of this. And that mm-hmm. is and that is to be to to, to lay down our own any, any delusion we have of, of us having anything to offer and, and just realizing that God is our source for everything. And, and then begging him through prayer to bring revival to our city, because I believe he will. 
Mm-hmm. I believe that's. I believe he he wants to bring a revival to our city, and I think our city is really broken. Um, and that's not slamming any any city, you know, whatever. It's just it's just the gospel needs to come to, to Toledo in a way that it's never come to Toledo before. And I don't think anyone disagrees with that. I don't think anyone looks at our city and says, oh, the gospel is just prolific in our city. And there's so much, I mean, we've got, we've got churches in our city that don't even preach Jesus. (laughs) So, I mean, there's, 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 uh, there's all kinds of, and instead of, rather than, you know, trying to go through and just, and just complain about all the things that are wrong with our city, let's just say we want more gospel in our city and we're going to pray and fast and ask God to do that. Yeah. Feels like the right thing to do. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, this has been the Glass City Church podcast. Uh, go check us out on uh, we have we have sermon videos online. We now. do now. Uh, yeah, so go check out the uh, the website glasscitychurch.org, and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, Subscribe. you can also you can also go on a um, um, YouTube. Just look up Glass City Church. Look for our logo. You can uh, do that too. We're we're gonna have uh, all of our stuff up there. Or glasscitychurch.org slash live is where you can find. Our Wednesday nights at 7 and our Sunday mornings at 10.15, everything will be up there, um, especially during this, and even after this time. But we'd love to be serving you and, and, and helping you as you uh, navigate your way through this time as well. Absolutely. And and heck, if, if you if you want to go to the Instagram page, there's a link tree. You can find all these links in Ooh. a nice needle little package for oh, you. Oh, yes. Yes. So thank you so much. Have a good week. All right. Peace out, everybody. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other.